you know, if it's something you want to do, find someone that you have values that align with and someone that you have, you know, a great story to share or whatever it happens to be and just do it, go do it. I am beyond excited to have Beth Stafford and Jeremy Slagle on the Passion Band Art Show. Authors, illustrator, um, just um, amazing duo behind this amazing project. And I'm excited to have them on the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So this is a little bit different format. So let's jump right into it. My first question is kind of like because this is the second book um, that you guys are working on now. Like, how did this all come together? Where did the vision come from? How did that all come together? So I had written the story several years ago, and I was inspired by my daughter, who at the time was probably around three years old, and she was showing signs of empathy that she was sharing for characters she would watch on TV. And so my husband, Ben, and I were talking about that and thought, how can we encourage this in her? Because we see it and we want it to be something that she continues to develop. And so that's kind of the basis of where the story came from. But then I sat on it for a few years. There were times where Ben and I would try to work on it together because he's also an illustrator. And it seemed like we were never quite on the same page. No book pun uh-huh. intended. There. <laughs> I see what you did but there. <laughs> sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes um, I would love what he did and he wouldn't love it and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. it ended up being something I just thought I'd have to wait a long time to see come to fruition and wait until the right time where I had the right funds and the right person and all those kind of details. Um, And then Jeremy and I were talking after a podcast episode that we had recorded and we're talking about children's books and he was talking about how much he always had wanted to illustrate one. And in that mm. moment, I just thought, mm, light bulb. maybe this is an option. <laughs> yeah. So we started talking then and it turns out that we both had a shared vision for what this could look like. And it's been a really great experience so far. It has. So, all right. So you guys started talking about this um it was clear that okay there's it's a possibility that was i'm guessing that was the first thing that was pretty clear like okay beth now there's actual a possibility of this actually coming to life yes yeah so what was going through your mind during this whole process um when this started to you know spark um jeremy Uh, Well, I, the funny thing is, and I don't know if Beth realized it at the moment, but I had seen uh, a manuscript of the first book and some of Ben's early sketches at Creative South uh, earlier that year. And so that, that Mm. I I have to say that at the time I was insanely jealous because I've just always wanted to do a children's book. And over the years, I've probably had dozens of people who've seen my illustrations on my website and they've approached me and said, hey, uh, you know, we're, I'm looking for an illustrator for my children's book, but they didn't want to take any risk of paying somebody to do it. They just were like, if we get published and if we get this, and I'm just like, 
I just don't do spec work. Like that's just part of my part of my thing. I I know I don't do it as a as business practice. Um, but when I knew Beth had something, and especially considering I had already read it, uh, I was just so like floored that she said that I that she would like me to work on the project. Like I I was like, this is a bucket list thing for me. Like. And I would rather work for free mm. or for a low risk or, or even continue, even, even if it means that the book, we broke even on it. Like I'm totally fine with that, but I'd rather do something like that with Ben and Beth because I believe in the story and the opportunity than I would be to take a risk with someone who has some silly story about leprechauns or something like that. You know, like this is just a different, a different thing, you know, <laughs> it, and the story, you know, uh, resonated with my beliefs and my values and, so it just was kind of like, yeah, let's do this. Let's see what happens. So, so I'm curious, did you guys have like a, I know you said you were on a podcast, but did you guys have like a legit relationship prior to all of this? Uh, I knew Ben. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Beth. I was, no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say exactly what oh, you're I, saying. So you go ahead. <laughs> we finish each other's. You're supposed to say sandwiches. There, ah, sandwiches. see, I jumped the gun. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. I, I, uh, I was, uh, I've been friends with Ben for a while, and we, you know, we, we, I really admired the way that Ben and Beth ran a business together, and the way, as a husband and wife, that mm -hmm. they worked together, and. Um, just, just the way that the joy was shown in the way that, that they presented their work. And Ben is just such a lovable guy and, and yeah. Beth is just has such a great reputation and people just really love them so much. So it was our podcast actually, where we interview folks, uh, who are, you can tell that the, the reason that they do business or the reason they do what they do is not because of fame or money. Uh, it's, it's, they do it because they're called to do it and because they get a lot of joy from doing it. And so I've had, uh, Brad and Crystal Woodard on, we had others on that were, that kind of had that same sort of thing. Like Brad and Crystal were just amazing for us as well on this book, like great resources for us. They had done a children's book, but just, we have this great, I have this podcast where we basically just, you know, talk to people who you can tell that the reason they do what they do is because they get a lot of joy from it. So they just happened to be in that day. And that's how we had that conversation. But as far as our relationship goes, um, you know, I've known Ben for a, a long time. And I think you, before we did the book, you and Becky and I hung out one time after Creative South. I don't know if that was, or not Creative South, after um, Creative Best um, in Columbus. That may have been after the book. Beth and I didn't know each other that well. We had met a couple times, but yeah. we didn't really know each other that well. I knew who Jeremy was because I was a fan. And then I became a friend. Oh man, <laughs> that is funny. That's that's so that's interesting. So I'm wondering, like, okay, because I, I I noticed what you said, Jeremy. Do you feel like just the the connection and the relationships kind of played a a major part in you actually? Oh yeah, acceptance? absolutely. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it for anybody else. Like, I just wouldn't have done this for for anybody that just happened to send me a, a cute book. Like, it's just, you know, I really care about these guys. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. So you guys had this conversation, launched the first book. Like, what was that whole experience, that whole process like with the first book? It was a whirlwind. 
So we had done a lot of work creating the actual book before we launched it on Kickstarter. So I think that was a great asset to have most mm. of that stuff done. But just running a Kickstarter campaign and the amount of time it takes to get everything ready for that and to continue to run it on a day-to-day -day basis and then fulfilling the rewards afterwards, it's like a sprint. It's like they say go and we did not realize we'd have to run for 30 days and then continue running several days after that and, you know, sending things out. So we were pretty exhausted after it was all said and done, but I, it was that good kind of exhausted. Like we accomplished okay. something that we really wanted to accomplish. It was very satisfying, yeah. but we were tired. Which is kind of how we feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are pushing. No joke, but like I'm noticing everything. You guys are like push, push, push. So my my and my question about Kickstarter, like, what was like knowing kind of the ins and outs right now? Like, what was some of the stuff you learned by just the first time around trying to build this? I think that people, a lot of people, have this delusion that you put something on Kickstarter and if it's cool, it's gonna get funded, but that's not necessarily the case. And in fact, that's not the case at all. Um, you know, I, the core of the people that funded our first book are people that were friends, family, and maybe one, maybe one or two generations away from that. So, you know, it, it'd be great if we ended up getting a, a pick, you know, like one of Kickstarter staff picks or something like that, where it would go, you know, to a broader audience. But it's a lot of, it, it, it's really a platform for you to bring people to to sell your product. Kickstarter doesn't bring that many people to the mm. product project for you. There's, there's some, there's some people that just love children's books and they're just buy everything on Kickstarter. That's a children's book, but, um, that's a very small number. Uh, you really, really have to work to get the sales on Kickstarter. It's, it's a lot of work. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, hmm, uh, that, I find that interesting. So, would you say that it's basically you guys have to be kind of come up with like a plan beforehand to kind of how am I going to promote this? It's not necessarily go on Kickstarter and then, you know what I mean, put in the work. Yeah, we tried. We kind of thought we knew what we were doing the first time because we talked to some other mm. people who had done it before. So that did help. But about midway through the campaign last time, we thought, well, let's try some different advertising options. And that's like if you don't go in with a plan that's really hard to navigate. So we kind of knew what options were available to us this time. We tried to make it more simplistic this time. And mm. I think we had thought, well, a lot of people who love good books will want to help us share the word, but people typically aren't interested in sharing Kickstarter campaigns. Uh, they're more interested in sharing an actual book. So there's just things that we kind of assumed the first time would work out that didn't. And now going into this one, we just know better. Yeah. So I think that what, what she means by sharing is like influencers, like reaching out to people that are children's book influencers on social media that do book reviews. A lot of them do it. You pay them to do it. They say like, yeah, we'll review your book and I'll put it on my, you know, whatever and chart costs you 200 bucks or something like that. Like that, that happens, but uh, very few of them are willing to do that for things that aren't actual books in there. It's still in the, the campaign, the Kickstarter campaign phase. So we were a little bit surprised by that. Um, but you know, that is, that is a thing. Like there are children's book influencers out there. It's pretty crazy. 
Um, and we've had a couple of them uh, comment on the book after right. it's been published, which has been good. And we've gotten a few sales that way. Um, but we'd love to we'd love to be able to figure that out a little bit more as well. So. So did you going in? Did you guys know that you were going to be coming out with a second book? So I had written this story around the same time as Chin Up Chinchilla, our first book. And oh. it was just kind of on the back burner because we just need to take one step at a time. So I think the whether or not we were going to do another book really depended on the success of the first one. Okay. Sweet. Sounds good. All right. So the first book, a lot of it was surrounded around empathy. Is that like the theme of this book also? Yes. So we are writing all these books about empathy, but they take a different turn. Um, I think a lot of people assume that empathy means sharing in the sadness of another person, but it's really just sharing in the feelings of another person. So our second book, Hip Hooray Hippo, is about sharing in the happiness of another person and specifically talking about how can I be happy for someone when I see them getting something wonderful, even if it's something that I want and I might not be getting it as well. So trying to talk to kids and hopefully getting adults to think about it too as they're reading this book. Uh, what are areas in my life in which I look at other people and I struggle to be happy for them? And I think that's a really great way to bring it up through a children's yeah, I think, book. Why I not? think one of the things I, I oh, actually... I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, one of the things I hate about social media, and I, 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 I really genuinely hate social media. Like, I am... I'm not a not good at it. I was just talking to Beth today about somebody shared one of our posts as a story. And I'm like, I don't know how to comment on this story thing. It like, but by, by the time I figure out what to do, it goes away. And like, I just don't do, I just don't like it. You know, uh, of all of them, I don't mind Instagram because I like looking at people's work and I like, you know, seeing their work, but it's kind of like dribble, you know? Um, so I kind of hate I kind of hate social media and I think one of the things I hate the most about social media and this has been proven among teenagers especially is people put their best face their best things on social media. They don't put their crappy days on social media. They show they don't, you know, take a picture of themselves in the dress that they think they look amazing in on the days they don't look so amazing in it. They don't put, you know, they they don't put pictures of the days that they have to go do something when they're in their frumpy sweatpants and stuff like that. They take pictures of themselves when they're out and, and everything's beautiful and they celebrate their kids' wins and all that stuff. And so you almost get to curate what the world sees on social media. And I think today's kids, especially when we look at other people getting wins and, you know, it shouldn't be something that causes depression or anxiety or causes you to feel like, you know, I, I wish I had that it, it, but what it should do is, is with the, with the correct and proper amount of empathy means if, is, if you have a healthy understanding of it, it means that you celebrate along with them, you know, but when we get to curate our lives and everybody else's life looks so pristine and beautiful and fortunate, then it even makes it more difficult, I think. Uh, so I think that the second book is actually really, really good. <laughs> I hope some adults read it to their kids sometimes and are kind of like, oh, like I could learn this myself uh, because I do, I do think that more now more than ever, we get to curate our lives and, and show, you know, almost create jealousy for other people. I know that's not necessarily our intention, but it, it is a byproduct of the way social media works. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I mean, I love the message of the book. I, I just feel like it's just one of them things that we've been struggling with for a long time. You know what I mean? 
the ability to celebrate each other. Most of the times, mm-hmm. if ba- if if Beth or if Jeremy is winning, I'm trying to figure out why I'm not winning versus like, oh, great, <laughs> Beth and Jeremy is winning. <laughs> so I feel like it's something that we've all just been struggling with like for a long time. It takes us a, a very empathetic person out. And I, and I really like the aspect of this book because it focuses on the other side of empathy. A lot of times when we think about empathy, it's basically when someone is sad, you being able to share in that sadness with them. But guys, we also need to celebrate each other when we all are. Winning. Right. It just it it I, I I love this idea. And and so what inspired this this side? Did you just like write write the first one and I was like, let me do an opposite of it? Kind of. I was thinking about all the different emotions that we go through and. I was, when I created Chin Up Chinchilla, it really was just, I was thinking about really having a heart for people who are hurting. Mm -hmm. And then when I was thinking about writing another book and I just thought, yeah, wow, actually, this might be harder. (laughs) I think this is actually harder to be happier for other people when they get the things that I want. And so it just kind of wrote itself in that respect, um, following a similar feel as the first so yeah it's it's almost just like what can i teach my child and how can i put it in a book (laughs) this is this is like i'm like this is so cool so compared to the first book in the second book what was like the hardest thing i know it may be different now working on the second book but what was like the hardest thing that you guys you know individually collectively had to overcome you want to respond to that beth for the sec sure for the second book what's the hardest thing um i think it's always hard to follow up something successful mm with a sequel and you never know what people's expectations are going to be or if they are going to be just as excited as they were the first time. And so for me, I think some of the hardest parts were just the mental process of will people want this? I believe in it, but will it still resonate with people? Is there still going to be a desire to read a second book? And so that's probably the hardest part, actually, because I had already really written most of it a while ago and maybe made some edits to it as we were approaching the illustrations. But for the most part, my job involving being an author was done. So just the mental strain of anticipating yeah, how it's going to go. a <laughs> massive learning curve to the first one. You know, even uh, the company that we work with that does our printing, they're called Print Ninja, and they do a fantastic job. Um, but I think one of the things that's that's a little bit difficult is the way that they set their templates up, you know, how to wrap the cover and set the templates up for the cover. And I've been doing print for a really long time. <laughs> and we just went back and forth like, can you help me decode this? Like, because you have to do math. Like, that's the worst part. Like, you have to enter in the 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 height and width of the book because it's all custom. And then you ha- and it figures out it's I don't even want to make your brain hurt. Uh, and so. <laughs> So I think what's been great is it's like uh, some things I think are are a lot easier this time around when it comes to things like that, because I know how to set the files up now. Um, We we don't have to figure out and get samples from a million different print vendors to figure out who we're going to use. We know who we're going to use. So from that perspective, and then even with social media assets, like the fonts are the same in the book. 
uh, the characters have changed. But what's been nice is, is that we have all those uh, social media assets already made from the first book. And so we can kind of go back through those and go, what, you know, these, these are still great. Like these are reusable uh, for, for this book as well. So we swap out some characters, change up some textures and uh, tweak the message just a little bit. But from that perspective, it's easier. I think the thing that's made it a little harder for me is because is that I, I kind of wanted to push it a little bit to the next level, but I also wanted to keep it looking like the first book. I want people to, to have to be a series. So, um, so I, I feel like in some ways I, I did make this book better, but I also didn't want to make it different, if that makes sense. Like it, it needs to fit together uh, with the other books. So I think this one's a little bit more lush. We've got a little more color and pattern and stuff in this one. Um, but again, I wanted to be sensitive to the fact that well, on the flip side, the other reason I think that works well is that this book is much more about celebrating. Uh, so having some brighter colors and, and a little bit more going on on the page is, is good. So that's cool. That is so cool. So is this something that you feel like, okay, I know the first book, you kind of had to see how it goes before you did something else. Is this something that you feel like this is going to be ongoing or is it going to be pushed or it's just like book by book basis? I think there's one more story left to tell, but whether or not we do it is more just waiting to see how this goes. Um, and it also depends on availability of time because it was two years ago that we launched the last one, which is hard to believe it was that long ago. Um, so it just really depends on how we're feeling, how we're feeling. Um, I would love it if we could have, a three book series, you know, that'd be awesome. But yeah, one day at a time, yeah. you never can get too far ahead of yourself because funds are not unlimited. And well, and we know, had actually initially thought because there was so much, uh, there was so much involved in doing the last one, we were trying to see if maybe we could do book two and three and do one Kickstarter for both books. And um, by the time we got around to finishing two, um, I just was like, let's just put this one out there. Like, let's just do it. I think it's going to be easier this time. We have all the assets. We've done it before. We know a lot more going into it this time than we did last time. And, and the biggest reason I was thinking about that is it's going to be another probably year before I get around to at the, at the very least before I get around to having a third book designed. Um, and the fact is this is for a young age group. We, we want them to still be old enough to appreciate these books if they had liked the first one, you know? And so, you know, we don't want it to, to wait so long that they're like, oh, our kid liked the first one, but now they're too old to read the other two. So um, we just thought, let's just go ahead and get this one out there and see what happens. So that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. With the age group, it kind of, that, that's kind of tricky. So how has, have you guys, like, what are some of the things that you guys are doing to kind of get the book? Have you been into, like, schools or anything like that to kind of, because when I think of kids' book, I just think of the opportunity to, like, read it to kids. That's what I think about. Yeah, I've been super blessed to have opportunities to go into a few schools and a library and be able to read the book and just taking time with classes to talk to them about what empathy means and also talking to them about creativity, like how they all these kids 
have something that they are good at that they can create. It doesn't have to be writing stories or drawing pictures, but there's a lot of ways to be creative and just encouraging those kids to use those skills and not give up on them because you can do cool things. Like as a kid, I love to write, but I never knew that I would have a real book in my hands one day. And so I would love it if these kids could come away learning more about kindness and also learning more about creativity. So it's been really awesome to do that with Chin Up Chinchilla. And so I really look forward to, if this book gets funded, being able to take both books and talk a little bit about sadness and happiness and incorporate that into my talk that I share with Yeah, students. I did a career day at an inner city school um, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they took me into a fifth grade classroom. And I just brought a bunch of samples of the stuff that I've designed, like packaging stuff and you know, just some cool, cool things I've designed, showed them some stuff I did for Nickelodeon. They loved that. And so I, um, I had the book and I was like, and last year I actually got to do a book and they were like, Ooh. And I was like, do you guys want to want me to read it to you? And they're like, yeah. So I read it to a fifth grade class and they loved it. I mean, they absolutely loved it. And it actually started a really great conversation in this class of fifth graders. Um, and I was just like, wow, this, it actually goes a little beyond the age group sometimes than I, than I realize it will. It actually started some good conversation. So yeah, being able to share it, I think that's the biggest motivator that we have period is sharing this stuff, like sharing our art, sharing our words, um, and, and just w watching people enjoy it. That's way better than any money we could make on it. That's true. I like that. And, and one of the things that I really like about the books is that, the message behind it is so applicable to every single age group, every single generation, like everyone needs to hear this. Like, and as you said, like a parent could be reading it to their child and get conviction through reading it. You know what I mean? So I just find that like so interesting and like, so, you know, fascinating about that. So, Let's give some shout outs. Like, who are some of the people that kind of propelled you, kind of, you know what I mean, pushed you through this and helped you a lot through this process? Um, especially, you know, can be from the first book, this book, whoever. Well, this is fun because it's like we're celebrating other people yeah. who celebrated mm -hmm. us, which ties into the book. <laughs> I like it. Um, I will go, go first if you don't mind, Jeremy, since I'm already talking. Um, obviously Ben, my husband has been super supportive and really encouraging and never at any point has he been like, I'm really jealous that you and Jeremy are having all this fun making books and I'm not doing it. <laughs> so he really has been a wonderful supporter and he gives feedback when we need it. And I've really appreciated him a lot. And my sister, who's an English teacher, she looks over the things that I write and helps me make sure that it doesn't suck or have like <laughs> terrible grammar issues. <laughs> and people who have made books in the past who have been willing to give us their expertise and the lessons that they've learned. And I know the Woodards were really great in helping us on the first book. And we had several other people like Elise Parsley, who's a wonderful children's writer and illustrator. And even this time, Allison Black, who's a very talented illustrator as well. She's worked on a lot of children's books. She took the time to just go through 
our story and say, here are things that I would think mm. about. And so all of these people who give their time and yeah. ask for nothing in return wow. is it's just wonderful. And there are so many other people who have given us their eyes and their ears, their opinions. It's been really Absolutely. humbling and amazing. Um, I just uh, I want to echo all of that. And I think, you know, I think the coolest thing about Allison Black's res response to us was that she was like, hey, here's some stuff that you might want to consider. And it was one of those like we were reading every single thing she said and we were like, oh, this is really good. Like, this is really, really good. And so we we implemented almost all of her feedback. We changed the cover of the book based on her feedback. We changed uh, several spreads, um, and it made the book much better, actually, because of her feedback. So we really, really appreciate that. And she's been uh, also supporting us online and on social media, too, which is really great, especially considering she has her own books, and this is something she does as well. And so, you know, once again, someone celebrating somebody who's celebrating, which is just really exciting to see. Um, I um, I was at Creative South uh, the year the year we started working on this. I was hanging out. Uh, it was the carnival year and uh, or the circus year. I think it was circus and carnival or something. And we had that out, outdoor party and I was hanging out and, and one of my friends introduced me to this guy named Rob and I got to talking to Rob and I was like, well, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I, I do children's books. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I talked to Rob for a little bit and he spent a little time with me. Uh, and then I asked him for his card and he handed me his card. And I'm like, holy crap, you're Rob McClurkin. And I had no idea. And like my mood boards for this book were full of Rob McClurkin's illustrations. And I was just like, oh my gosh, your work is so amazing. And uh, he's, he's been great. Um, and uh, it's been really cool to, to see, like he gave me some advice uh, that night and, and then just being able to have a copy of it to hand him the following year at Creative South and say, here, man, thank you. Um, people like um, Dustin at Retro Supply, like giving me opportunities to like, um, to do a tutorial on his website and um, and then just being able to hand him a book too uh, at Creative South, that was really, really neat. So it's just been, I don't know, I feel like I was telling my wife this the other day, like I know we don't really make any money doing this, but I really, really love doing it and it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and honestly, at the end of the day, I think what's the most like life giving to me and the thing that that I get the most jazzed about is watching all the people share about it on social media and follow me and like, you know, hit me up on dribble and just are so encouraging. So that's that's just been really a really great part of this whole project. So, yeah, um, I you know, my wife's obviously been really supportive as well. Um, and just, you know, just so many people, it's it's hard to really it's hard to even mention all of them. So, yeah, I love that you asked this question because I think people can hear us talk or see what we're doing and think, oh, Beth and Jeremy did this thing. Mm. But there are so many people who help along the way that it really couldn't have been done with yeah. just Beth and Jeremy. But we don't often get to talk about all those people, you know. Yeah. So thanks for asking that question. For sure, for sure, for sure. I'm all about celebrating people. So um, when... Is this going out? I know the, the kickstart is ending on March. Is it March 18th is the goal? March yes. 18th. So you guys kind of need everybody to chip in now. That would be awesome. Sure. <laughs> the sooner, the better. <laughs> All right, sweet. Without sounding too in desperate. In fact, if you're yeah. listening to this right now, we just got, open we, your browser. 
and just start typing. Sorry. I, I, I derailed yeah. the whole conversation. No, no worries. No, sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, like I'm excited. Good. I'm excited about all of this. Like, I mean, I've never really talked to you guys about it. I've talked to Ben about it. I've talked to, you know, Rob about it. I've talked to different people that have touched you guys. So it's kind of cool to finally talk to you guys about this whole story. Um, it's, 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 it's something that we all need. And, you know, as people of faith, like this is like, you know, something that we need to in a just different, different way to put our values out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Kind of like the whole um, mm -hmm. Chronicles of Narnia type deal. It's just, just a different way of putting our values out there, just being mm -hmm. creative. And I love it. I love it. Where can people go to find out all about this? Well, you can find us online at happycargobooks.com or on Instagram at happycargobooks. And both of those places have links to the Kickstarter campaign. So you can find it from there or you can just go to Kickstarter and type in hip hooray hippo. And that's where you can find us. Okay. So before we close, closing remarks, anything, anything that you want to share, any ask that you want to give? Of course, the obvious ask, um, support the Kickstarter people. Um, but, um, <laughs> any closing remarks? I'll throw something out there. Um, I would just say if there's something you've always wanted to do, um, let people know you want to do it. Like if there's something that's kind of always been on your bucket list or something that you're just like, man, I've always wanted to do this. I think it was, I don't remember who it was. We talked to it might've been the Woodards, but at some point we talked with someone and they said, they said, you know, we always talk about how we wanted to do a children's book but we realized that no one's going to hire us to do a children's book until we do a children's book. And so, you know, if it's something you want to do, find someone that you have values that align with and someone that you have, you know, a great story to share or whatever it happens to be and just do it, go do it. Don't worry about whether it's going to be wildly successful. Don't worry about whether or not you're going to make a ton of money on it. Just do it, get it out of your system. And, um, and it, it'll lead to other things that are really great. So I love that. I guess I would just say never underestimate the ability of your kids to understand something as maybe intangible as empathy might seem because they really can understand a lot of it and they can also teach us a lot about it too. So just don't underestimate the power of a kid. Wow. Love it. Jeremy, Beth. This is just so cool. I mean, I'll do my best to, you know, kind of help you guys as much as I possibly we can. We appreciate that. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I totally believe in this message, and you're right. My kids have taught me forgiveness. My kids have taught me so many different things. You know what I mean? Because just the idea of their heart. Their heart is so pure. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, as... Mm -hmm corrupted as ours you know i mean we, we go through things in life as adults and we get kind of hard-hearted and you know the kids are just so you know innocent in their heart so till they hit middle school mm -hmm. right <laughs> <laughs> everything changed everything changes in that's right it all changes that, that is the truth i didn't want to be I, around I, myself when i was in middle right school now. yeah exactly <laughs> Cool. Well, hey, man, we really appreciate right. it. Well, thank guys, you. I thank you, guys. Thank you so much for, for sure. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I mean, I really appreciate it. Love the story. And, I, you know, I mean, I wish you guys the best. I'm praying for you guys for sure. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing to the next level to help you and help me build our empire, for lack of a better word, or just to build our thing. Um, Remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow, and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys, to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review, Passion Behind the Art. Be blessed.